What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, and tonight we are doing a podcast from the road. We are on the first leg of the Chasing the Opener up in UP, Michigan, and let me tell you, I am super excited. So it's uh, <laughs> it's looking to be good, but we definitely need to start at the beginning of the story here, and just to let you guys know, um, all these videos from the hunts, all that stuff will be up on the YouTube channel, and then this is going to be a three-part series here um, from the first leg of the Chase in the Opener, so stay tuned for all that. It's going to be awesome. Tonight, I got two guests with me. I got my dad, first time on the podcast, and we got Brandon. So, Brandon, I met you up last year up at UP Michigan. So. Yep. Yeah, we did. And uh, we're doing it again. We're going for round two. <laughs> round two fight. Here we go. On, on the opener. So it's going to be awesome. I'm glad to have you both on. But before we get to the podcast, let's get a quick word from our partners, and we'll jump on into it. So first off, I'd like to give a big thanks to Motion Ducks. Guys, Motion Ducks is a great decoy motion setup for the duck hunter um it is honestly it's the best in the business i love using it and i would not see myself ever hunting especially on those no win days without it so check them out guys the code for that is duck gun 2020 and you get 10 percent off at checkout with that also like to give a big thanks to onyx guys onyx is uh the perfect app for waterfowl hunters um, whether it's public land or private land you can use it to uh you know tell where you're at on that public land private land you're knocking on doors and getting way more permission quicker, um, so check them out. Also, like to give a big thanks to Final Approach, guys. Final Approach is the one-stop shop for waterfowl hunters, from decoys to camo to blind bags to all types of gear. They got everything that you could use as a duck hunter here at the beginning of the season, guys. It's a perfect time to go check them out and get those last-minute purchases before we get into the heavy hunting for season. Also, like to give a big thanks to Tetra Hearing. Tetra Hearing um, has an awesome design for um, your hearing protection as a duck hunter. Uh, you can hear the sights. You can hear the sights and sounds. <laughs> you can hear the marsh wake up. You can hear the birds with the wings whistling, all that kind of stuff. The, you, you don't lose that part of the experience. Um, and then when the gun goes boom, it, it takes away um, the sound there and, and you're good to go. So, uh, I know it's something that, that as hunters that it's important that we do, we don't want to lose our hearing, especially, you know, we've all been around those old hunters that have those problems. So, um, check them out guys, touch your hearing. Uh, also like to give a big thanks to Weatherby guys. I've been running the Weatherby 18 I this season and it's an awesome gun for, for hunting. So I've, I've been loving it from the first time I shouldered it to Till now, I haven't had any issues. That's just a great gun, and uh, I'm going to keep hammering away with it. So, alrighty, let's go ahead and jump to the podcast. Let's do it. Yeah. What was that? What was, what was the X for? Nothing. <laughs> we can't say nothing now. It's in the podcast. We're good. Okay. Alrighty. So, uh, like I said, guys, I uh, got two guests with me tonight. Super excited about it. Um, got dad on the podcast for the first time hey, and everyone. honestly, that's, it's long overdue. So yep. we've talked about it a few times in the past and it's never kind of came to fruition. So, um, definitely excited for that. And it's my first podcast yep. after all these years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
finally got you on one of these trips with me. We've done some other ones, but yeah. never one where we're doing podcasts from the road. So, um, yeah. So go ahead and kind of introduce yourself, Dad. Okay. Well, Jordan's dad. My name is Eric. I'm I'm the old timer of the bunch. I'm 61 years old now. Um, I I hunted as a child. I grew up in southeastern Indiana. I hunted as a youngster, but I hunted squirrels and rabbits. And uh, and then my early adult years, my father-in-law got me into hunting quail. So and that's and it was through that that I introduced Jordan to hunting. And so you've heard him talk a lot about his grandpa and the influence he had on on what Jordan does with his life. So, anyways. I really never even gave a thought to duck hunting, and Jordan got started in it and and kind of drug me into it, and I really enjoy it. I really like duck hunting. It's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of crazy how it uh, came about. I really don't even know why I started duck hunting, to be honest, like what kind of sparked it exactly. I was like you said, we did some upland hunting with Grandpa, and um, and that kind of got us started on hunting, and then... There was a big gap there where we didn't hunt, and then right. um, we did a lot of fly fishing for a few years. Yeah, yeah, that and was kind of our. When Jordan was a kid, he always we would say, "Jordan, what do you think you want to be when you grow up?" And you remember what it was Jordan when you were young? Probably a policeman, I think. I no, don't remember. No. Well, I mean, yeah, that. But <laughs> you always said you wanted to be a fishing guide. Did I say that? <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> so. Yeah. And I think you could be a fishing guide, but you probably could be a duck hunting guide as well. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, Mom and I always knew that you were going to be an outdoorsman. That's, there was no doubt about that. Well, that's good to hear because I don't know if I always knew it, but <laughs> maybe from the outside yeah. looking in, it was a, uh, a, little, a little different perspective. Yeah. So We didn't quite know that you were going to be the outdoorsman, the type of outdoorsman that you turned into with, uh, you know, the social media and all, all of what you do. But yeah, in it, when, when we hear you on a podcast, this, this is what I think about when, and so this is for the audience really. When Jordan was, <laughs> when Jordan was a kid, uh, you know, 10 oh, years great. old, 10 years old, <laughs> he had two sisters older than him and two sisters younger than him. So he's the guy right in the middle. And mom made it made sure that you didn't turn in. People say the stupidest thing sometimes. They'd say to, to Jordan's mom, to my wife, they'd say, aren't you afraid Jordan's going to turn out to be a sissy? <laughs> mom was like, uh, no. <laughs> but anyways, we, we camped from when you were like three years old. You and I had a camping trip or two. Every single summer, we never missed. We camped and fished. But here, here, this was the funny thing that we think about when you do podcasts and, and YouTube videos and stuff like that. You would, when we were gone, when, when we'd go on a date or we'd go out somewhere and leave you kids at home when you were getting old enough to be at home with the oldest sister in charge, Jordan would, he would go get a tape recorder and he would, um, with mainly with the younger sisters, he would pretend to be a newscaster, or <laughs> really, yeah, he would give interviews to the to his younger sisters, <laughs> and they were pretty comical. We'd get to hear the the uh, the tape recording after the fact. And so, let's let's hope those never see the light of day. <laughs> <laughs> there were some pretty funny ones. 
So, uh, you know, it just really aligns with what you do now. It's And it's funny. It's yeah, humorous. Yeah. I don't know if that actually had anything to do with it or if I was just being a jokester or whatever, but you're right. It is kind of funny that there's there's those. I don't think that anybody knows where any of those recordings are, so I think we lucked out. <laughs> I think I know where they are. You do? <laughs> Can you dig them up? Got, I think the audience needs to hear those. <laughs> oh, I don't think we'd ever put those on. <laughs> oh, okay. Luckily, so I, I have the say, uh, editor what? privileges. You know, back, you know, when we started having kids, this was in the 1980s. And, um, you know, video cameras were not very common. And the ones that were around were pretty expensive. And when the first, our first child was born, we didn't have a video camera. We didn't have very much at all, but we had um, audio recordings. (laughs) So one (laughs) of those cassette tapes turned into (laughs) one of Jordan's. Yeah. Yeah, early podcasts. <laughs> early podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So let's let's jump to your duck hunting then. So, um, like I said, I kind of I kind of drug you into it a little bit. Um, do you remember what your first hunt was? Yeah, I do. We went to Southern Indiana. Our first duck hunt. My first duck hunt. Okay. And you didn't you didn't goose hunt or anything before that? No. Yeah. I, you're looking at me like. I should remember something. No, no, no. I'm just trying to remember myself. No, we went for early teal in uh in a down in the south toward the southwest yep. corner of Indiana. Yep. And um we had some success and <laughs> some failure too. <laughs> some failure. Uh, some some there. pretty bad failure too. I got ticketed on that hunt, so <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Let's yeah. just say it was early on in uh, our careers and right. uh, as duck hunters. But I, I remember my first duck that I shot, the blue wing teal. I remember the shot, how it happened. He, he, they decoyed in and were more to our right, and I was to your right. And several of them decoyed in, and, and we started shooting. And I, I missed my first shot, and one of them circled and then flew passing right in front of the two of us. And I just swung with it and hit it and... I, I really surprised myself that I hit it, and it hit the water and skipped a couple of times. And I've got a picture of Chief bringing that bird back to us. It's awesome. I don't remember that. You should uh, send it to me if you still have it. And yeah. I don't remember that picture, but that'd be cool. So Chief was pretty young at that point too. So yeah, that was the that was the first time. Uh, definitely memorable. But uh, I would probably say you probably have a, a more memorable hunt that you went on. You have like a favorite one that we've gone on, or. Hmm. Oh boy, putting you on the spot. Um, yeah, you know, if I think about it, you know, when uh, on the first Flyways Collective, um, that first evening we got there, and we were going to just scout, <laughs> and it turned out that Elliot was like, "There's ducks everywhere. We need to hunt." And so we got there, and we all, you and me, and Josh, all got limits in about a ninety-minute hunt. I think it was yeah. because we hunted in the evening. And the, Sun was going down fast, and we set up fast, and and I got a, a mixed bag. Before that, I hadn't shot anything but that that teal and woodies and some mallards. Yeah, and, and just so, to just to kind of set the scene for that, so we we're going there to Kansas, and we had planned to scout that evening, so we we're going to get there a little bit ahead. Elliot had already been scouting, and there's just so many ducks. He's like, "Hey, um, I I got enough spots. Let's just hunt." And he sent us to like. And eat, like we could see ducks landing in this pond 
just like nonstop when we pulled up. We just pull up to the pond and there's just ducks dumping in. So yeah. the um, sky we, was full of ducks. Yeah, we walked like 150 yards maybe, set up, and I mean it, it was the point where we were like being picky about it. Like we were like we don't need to shoot these ducks. Let's try to wait wait for some big ducks and kind of the icing on the cake for me on that hunt. Anyways, we had a flock of, uh, uh, it was like a three or four mallards came in. So, um, shot some mallards. We shot some redheads. We shot right. green wing teal. Well, um, you and I both got a one or Buffy. Uh, two buffalo heads. Yeah. And I think Josh got a couple too. So Josh from yeah. outdoor limits was on that hunt too. That was the first time we hunted with him. Um, but yeah, so no. it was a nice mixed bag. That was a really cool hunt. Yeah. That was, that's that's probably it. I mean, there's been a lot of fun hunts, yeah, um, along the way. Yeah, you know, that that there was an opener on a farm pond where we we shot a bunch of mallards and then a few geese as they came in. So, oh yeah, um, that was on an opener maybe three four years ago. Yeah. I'll say one that comes to mind for me for a hunt that we went on together um, that was kind of cool. Um, it was one of our first, like, uh, more successful hunts. You know, it, was, it wasn't it was 100% successful, but uh, it was pretty close. So we went out on, it was probably a couple weeks into season, uh, we went on a wood duck hunt. And yep. it was one of, you know, one of the first hunts that you had where we actually shot, shot some good birds. Yeah. And uh, I think we just, you were one jive. Your right. wood duck limit. Limited and, and I got two. <laughs> yeah. So that was a that was a good hunt. That was a good hunt. Chief did great on the hunt. It's just that was a that's a memorable one for me. Yep. So it's uh definitely awesome to have have you hunting with me and kind of sharing the the hunt. And I know it's uh I talk about it on the podcast sometimes because it's uh a little bit backwards from a lot of people because it's uh a lot of times it's past generational to generation, you know. Um yep. but like we don't see that as much anymore. Just a lot of uh a lot of old timers don't hunt, you know, it's like, I don't know what happened in society or in the world or, or what exactly it is, but you know, it's like not old, all the old timers are, are passing it down generationally anymore. And, um, so it's cool for me to get into it and then, you know, get you in, into yeah. it as well. And, and yeah, you know, my dad, um, I, I think he hunted when he was young and he had a couple of shotguns and a couple of rifles and, and so as I was growing up, I begged him, you know, let me, can I use the shotgun and go rabbit hunting? And and we had, where I grew up, we had five acres of woods in uh, of our own property and, and then a pretty good-sized backyard. And so it was easy to shoot rabbits out of the backyard right up along the woods. And then I'd go into the woods, and we had, uh, there was a big bluff, and right on top of it was this giant hickory tree, and it was always full of squirrels. So I kind of taught myself the squirrel and rabbit hunting. So, but you know, once I got older, you know, teenage years, and started caring about other things like football and baseball and stuff like that, I kind of quit hunting and then didn't get back into it until after you were born, probably. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, you know, probably grandpa. Yeah. On that one, so. Yeah, I definitely can say without Grandpa and you and, and those influences, I probably wouldn't have been a hunter because I had that to kind of think back on, you know. And then uh, when Grandpa passed away, I got his A5. And then about that same time, uh, Heather 
bought cheap for me. Yeah. So it's like, I'm like, I got this got sweet gun. gun. I got, got this bird lab. dog. It's like, well, I should know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> I should start hunting. So, uh, that's kind of how it all got started. But yeah. And, uh, I don't talk about this enough, but that's kind of how I named the podcast duck gun chronicles. You know, the, it's like the chronicles. It's like a lot of people say, they always say like, if, if this gun could tell stories, you know, the stories it would tell, if this gun could talk, the stories it would tell or whatever they say, you know, this, this if this bus could talk, the story it could tell, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, and that's kind of what it is. It's like, we all have a duck gun. It's like the chronicles, the stories, the, that it could tell. It's like, that's what, what I'm doing. I'm telling the stories that, that the, the duck gun <laughs> has. So, Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's my grandpa's A5. So, yeah, um, I think that's probably, probably, uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything else I should add for, for you on the podcast right here on your introduction, I but. I guess I'll say quick, and I can do this quick. There's sure. One other favorite hunt is the turkey hunt we had this spring. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. That, that was, I mean, that was, uh, I had never hunted turkey till I hunted with you. And on my first turkey hunt, I got a turkey. And then I went, you know, went, got skunked several times. But this, this spring on day two, we just, we worked and worked and worked and called this, called in this massive boss Tom. And, and he just, he sprinted to the decoys and jumped, you know, (laughs) went on the attack and right at the perfect moment took him down. And that, that was really, oh yeah, yeah, that was a great hunt. (laughs) Definitely. Yep. So we are going to get to talking about the trip here. We're going to get to yeah. it here soon. So, but uh, also, <clears throat> also with me, Brandon. You kind of been sitting here. I've been listening, listening to the. Well, I don't want to interrupt you. And your dance <laughs> no, no, that's fine. And... That's fine. Yeah, but uh, yeah, um, we met last year. I actually put out a message on Instagram because I broke, I think, four of my five props. Yep. I'm like, does anybody have a prop? I checked every store. And UP Michigan, I couldn't find nothing where we were at. Like within, like I had to go back down the bridge, and I'm like, I don't want to do that if I don't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we're talking like it'd been like four yeah. hours of driving. Yeah, not just any problem, mud motor props. You're yeah, not find that around here. Yeah, even in, in yeah, it's just there was nothing. So, um, you said you're coming up, and you had an extra prop. So, um, that's kind of how we uh, we ended up meeting. You said you came out there and you hunted with us. We had, I mean, we had, it was just me and Jack. So yeah, you came and hunted with us on uh, opening day last year. It was an awesome time. You we think that was birds. a, you feel like that was a good hunt? Um, You know what? We shot birds and, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, I don't know. I had that really good uh, um, ring, ring neck, yeah. that fully bloomed ring neck from last year. And I don't know. It, it was solid. It wasn't oh, yeah. the best UP opener that I've partaken in, but um, I'm not going to complain about it. Yeah. It was good. I think we shot our wood duck limits. Yep. And we had some bonus ring necks. And really what it came down to on that hunt was that uh we kind of blew it on the scout. We scouted, we found the birds, and then like we we marked multiple spots and we ended up going to the wrong yes, pen. I remember that. And it was like the cove behind us was money and there's these guys hunting in it. And like I don't want to be mean, but they weren't like they weren't like real duck hunters. No, they were in a fishing boat. Yeah, they were in like a uh, they were walleye fishermen that were duck hunting. They had like a dozen garage sale decoys. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I'm just I'm just trying to set the scene for. <laughs> mm-hmm. And any bird that came within seventy yards, they were just guns ablazing. Like, I mean, they went through boxes of ammo. And they knocked them down. Yeah, they not, they knocked some birds down for sure. Yeah. So, 
Um, but that was where we were supposed to be. <laughs> so, oh man, that, that, but we still, like you said, we still scratched out our wood duck limit. We still had some ring necks. Yeah. Um, I think we both struggled on the shooting a little bit. Hey, it was the first time of the season. The first I mean, time of the season. You got to break the, yeah. Break the muscles in a little bit. Yeah. It's, uh, you're right. It's, you definitely can. I've had some rusty streaks and usually those are early on in the season. So yeah. once you get midway, you're, you're kind of in the swing of things, but Anyways, kind of introduce yourself as well, man. Yeah. Uh, so kind of opposite of you and your dad. Um, my dad's the one who got me into duck hunting. Um, I grew up duck hunting probably since I was nine years old from when I can remember going out in his in his duck boat, um, going to Harsons Island in, in the metro Detroit area, um, going out and doing the duck bingos and um, really just chasing them all year round. Um I kind of had to take a pause just because of sports. Um, I played football in high school, so um, couldn't really duck hunt during you know football season. So we we put duck hunting on the uh, on the side on the on the side burner um, for a while, um, and then it got extended. I ended up uh, I, I enlisted in the Marine Corps back in 2014. Um, got out in 2018, and then uh, you know refound my passion in duck hunting again. So ever since probably then, I've been going full throttle nonstop. Awesome. I will say, you know, with Michigan, um, you know, by the numbers, it's like the eighth most populated state with duck hunters. Like as far as like in the country, it's, it's a number eight. So there's definitely like a history and tradition and, and, uh, you know, uh, that, that you see in Michigan and like, like coming up here for opener and UP and like, there's just a ton of people who come up and make the trip and make the camping out. We came up to this campground and there's 10 spots that touch the river. And like, we're we're coming up on Thursday, the day before. And we thought that we would have (laughs) a chance to get one of these spots. No chance. And uh, I mean, we did get here late and maybe if we would have got here a couple hours early, but all those spots were already taken. There's other campsites with people in it already. It's like, like the, the people in Michigan, I mean, I'm not not surprised anymore, but they yeah. take it they take it very seriously. They take their their duck hunting very serious. They make uh, they make a big deal out of their openers and traveling and yeah. and going to, to places and events and and you know that's awesome. I really love that the they have that tradition mm-hmm. um, and history of duck hunting. And it's like um, when you come up here for opener, and you see all the duck boats and everybody else duck hunting. It, it feels like you're part of something, you know? Yeah, yeah so, it's like a celebration almost yeah. every year. You look forward to and. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Good deal. So hunting in Michigan, you kind of, you got a, you got a favorite hunt you want to tell us about? You know, I have so, I have so many. Um, I would probably say overall would be the, the, probably the worst hunts where, where, where things went wrong were my, my favorites. <laughs> um, just cause it's lessons learned. I mean, sure. Um, going out with my dad and, and this is when I was young, I was probably 10, um, but we'd be we'd be in his duck boat. I think he had a 1648 with a 50 Mercury on the back, and we'd be flying across Lake St. Clair um, and going over to Harson's, <clears throat> and I'd be on the bottom of the boat just, you know, freaking <laughs> out, you know, scared out of my mind But as a kid. But then, you know, I kind of learned, and um, just those those wild experiences of, you know, you know kind of shit hitting the fan. You know, things going wrong, you're losing yeah. plugs in your boats, things like that. But then you can look back on them, and that's what I enjoy. Oh, that's yeah. What I enjoy the most. Definitely. Good deal. All right. Well, let's go ahead. We'll we'll talk about the trip we're on right now. So yes. um, starting from the beginning. So, um, man, uh, we actually had a huge kink in the plans 
uh, yesterday. So we started getting ready, all that kind of stuff. And so one thing on the bus is like the insurance for a converted bus is like way different than like regular auto insurance. Like you can't get regular auto insurance. Um, like I couldn't get it through my normal auto insurance. I had to get commercial insurance. So this is just like back history for that. So anyways, um, I'd buy it in like six months chunks because like I don't drive it all year, you know, we need it for duck hunting season and that's about it. So (laughs) besides that, it's like, um, it's just sitting in my driveway. So anyways, my insurance expired per usual in the off season. So, um, in the past I just call them up and say, Hey, I need to buy insurance. Um, and they say, okay. And then like I pay them and I have my insurance. So like, it's like literally like that. It's like a 10 minute phone call and you're good to go. So anyways, literally I just kept forgetting. I kept forgetting. And then I kept forgetting and daddy probably not surprised. I kept forgetting. And then finally, <laughs> finally like the day of, it's like, uh, I get home from work and I'm supposed to pick you up at three. And I call you at like 2.45. I'm like, I'm running a little late. I'm running into an issue. Because I called them at like 2 o'clock before, you know, uh, I was supposed to leave in like 30 minutes. I'm like, all right, last minute. Got to call them, do the 10-minute phone call, turn the insurance on, and I'm going to go drive and pick you up. Well, anyways, you guys can kind of see where this is going. So I call them up and they say, hey, uh, sorry, we can't insure your vehicle anymore. We don't do converted buses in Indiana specifically anymore. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so uh, I'm like, say what? Like we literally have, like you came over the night before all of our gear and we have way, like we probably have like enough gear for a week. Just <laughs> typical, you know, typical how typical we do it. But, openers. I mean, yeah. you just, yeah. We have enough gear for a week in the bus. And now we got it. I'm like, okay, we're going to have to figure out how to take a truck, all this kind of stuff. So I start calling around and finally I find somebody and, um, they try multiple ways to get insurance. Nothing's working. Finally, they find somebody who says they might do it, but they need pictures first. <laughs> so I take pictures of the bus and they close at four and it's three fifty. and I haven't heard anything. I'm like, this, there's no way this is going to happen. Like, and so I call them up and they say, and I'm like, um, like, Hey, just calling in. I know you close at four. Just want to make sure everything's going good. And, uh, so, hey, uh, they saw that there's a wood burner in your stove, and they're not sure that they'll insure it. Oh, no. I was like, dang it. I knew I shouldn't have included that in the picture. But <laughs> but uh, sure enough, they finally called back. They said, uh, we'll insure it, but we want another vehicle. <laughs> so they're getting, like, greedy with me now. So I'm like, sure, whatever. So we put my wife's – I put my wife's car on it, too. So now my, wife, my wife's car currently is double insured. I don't even know what that – like, if that's a thing or not. But I got insurance from two – two different companies on it. Um, cause I didn't need insurance. I'm like, just whatever it takes to get insurance now, <laughs> let's do that. So, um, and the lady, thank goodness. She actually stayed late at work to, to finish it for me. Wrote it off. It was like, it was like four fifteen. Good to go. Had the insurance. So crisis averted. I already had, I literally had everything packed up. I'm packing up the stuff like while I keep calling her back and forth, back and forth. I mean, this took two hours plus to get that insurance. So, um, and the whole time I'm just like, I'm just going to keep going. Like we're taking the bus and if, if we have to, we're going to unload it. But had it, by the time I had the insurance, the bus, the boat was hooked up to the bus, all the gears in there and we're good to go. So came, picked, picked you up dad and we got on the road. So you want to take it away from our, our morning scout? Oh, sure. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, uh, Jordan said we got here really, really late last night. Um, 
We picked, oh. a, we picked a camping spot. I got I got to add something. So I'm sorry to cut you off no, so sorry. quick, but man, we got out here, and I'll tell you what. Like, I don't think I've ever been anywhere with this little light pollution. Like, it was. I mean, we stepped out of the bus, and I'm looking up at the sky, and like the the stars, just so many stars. I mean, it looked like I was looking into like a, a like a willow tree of stars or something. It was just unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. Really so I took a time. I took a night lapse with the GoPro and I think it's going to be awesome, but I don't know yet. So, (laughs) yeah. So we got here, it was, it was about midnight. We got here and, you know, got found the camp spot that we wanted we got parked, you know, not the one we wanted, but uh, right. (laughs) The one that's available. We found a nice one. I mean, this is a nice spot. Sure. Yeah. It's not on the river, but it's pretty close. Yep. Uh, you know, we're all keyed up when, when, you know, we need to get some sleep because we were going to go out, you know, before, you know, like right at uh, shooting light, we were going to go out just to start the scout. Uh, so we got up and, and took the boat down to the ramp. And do you want me to tell this about the the second thing that There's just Mallard. about? Is that Mallard? <laughs> yep. All, all right. by himself. Yep. Line by the second the second oh. <laughs> disaster averted. I actually forgot about that one. <laughs> yeah, you know, go ahead. You can, okay. you can tell it. So, um, I know you know we're moving stuff into the boat and getting ready to back it down the ramp, and Jordan's over there wrestling with something at the back of the boat, and I'm like, "What in the world's going on?" And so I come over there, and you know how the uh, I I don't know if all boats are like this. I assume this sure. is probably pretty similar. But, you know, you've got the, the hole that comes in, and then there's a welded tube in the wall, and the tube comes up, and that makes it really accessible for you to put the plug in the tube and tighten it down so the the rubber expands and makes a seal. Well, at the course of the trip, the drive up here seems like, you know, the battery or something. Yeah, the battery was, was banging against it. It was bouncing on that tube, yeah. and it smushed it down. Like, it wasn't even close. It was, like, smushed wasn't round anymore. Yeah, I, I couldn't get the plug in at all. It was just completely crushed. Yep. So trying to get that fixed, and the tube just totally came off. Yeah, I took I took my multi tool, and or Leatherman, whatever you want to call it, and I was taking the pliers and I was putting it inside of it and trying to round it back out and pry the top up. And when I did that, the whole chunk just came up. The whole tube came up. It it, it split from the bottom of the boat, and so now the hole is too small. So that whole, the, the tube that the plug goes in, you know, it's, it's off. The right size, I, I broke it off. Gone. <laughs> yeah. And, and so the, the bottom of it, it actually tapers down, um, is too small that we can't put the plug in. I'm like, so we just drove what? We, I mean, six hours, six hours plus, And we're up here and we told you, Brandon, to meet us up here and not bring your boat. Right. <laughs> so uh, we got the boat. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so now we're going to have three people up here with no boat. And or no workable working boat, but um, yeah, we actually so we, so we filed and filed and filed and filed on that hole and got it round and smooth, relatively smooth, and to where we could put that plug in and and tighten it up. So yeah, this we, we took on surprisingly only a small amount of water, in my opinion. Yeah, what we say it was we two were to three out gallons, there four hours, maybe two gallons of water was in the bottom. Some of that was from us getting in and out. Yeah, that's true. In and out, you're right. So we probably took on like a gallon from. Yeah, that was pretty good. From it not being a perfect seal. Yep. In the bottom of the boat. So. So, anyways, 
crisis number two averted, and uh, we got out there. Um, so uh, to, maybe to set it up, we're on a river. Um, it is about, a, it's a little more than a mile, um, maybe nearly two miles from where we are on this river out to the big water. <clears throat> so we, we cruised out there to the sunrise, um, and, you know, we went around and we're like, oh, wow, that's, that's a really good spot. We'd see ducks come up out of there. We saw divers, we saw, um, teal, we saw wood ducks, um, initially, and we kept saying, this oh, this might work, this spot right here. But, I mean, there was a lot of people out scouting. So, you know, we'd find a spot that we thought was really good. And we'd also see other people scouting in the area. So it's like, okay, well, maybe this would work, maybe it wouldn't. Um, but as as we kept scouting and kept scouting, we kept finding better and better places. And we found a, a kind of a... Uh, cove along the shoreline that was had a lot of mallards and we're like okay mallards are good so we we kind of thought this is probably going to be it and we started to cruise back toward the mouth of the river and along the way we stopped in we went down some channels and and we were going down this one channel we saw we had just seen a couple of really big wads of blue wing teal and um we jumped up a bunch of mallards, and it looked like they were just coming up out of the cattails. And we're like, there must be a pool in there. And, but we didn't see on on uh, the map anywhere where that would be, but we kept cruising around it, and we finally found this tiny little sliver of a path, and we pushed the boat through it. And I wouldn't even say it was a path. There was no path. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, a, a spot that we thought we could maybe get through here. Yeah. Well, well, now there's a path. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, to kind of, kind of, we we were buzzing by at full speed, and we we're going to check out another area, and you spotted them off like right off to our right. Yeah, I mean, it was like ten came up. Yeah, it was like seventy-five to hundred yards off of the main path there, the main channel that everybody travels, and uh, I mean, yeah, they just kept busting out of there. So I did like a a, a one eighty in the boat, just cut it as hard as I could, turned around. And it's just a wall of cattails. And, like, I'm like, should I do it? Should I not? Should I do it? Should I not? Kind of thing. And I just. I'm thinking, not. Yeah. No, we're going to get stuck. Because we did. We went in other places and we got stuck and we had to push back. But, like, uh, it was just thin enough and just enough water that I could could make it through it. And, like, on the way back, like, we had to get out a couple times. You had to get out a couple times. Like, so it was, like, that kind of. Like we could barely make it through it, yep. and so I, I just gunned it. I said, "Hold on," <laughs> I gunned it through it, and uh, and we just kept going, kept going. Just about when I was about like, "Hey, we just need to turn around because we're we're gonna get stuck." I could see through cattails this little uh, pothole in, yeah. in the cat cattails, and I'm like, "Oh man, they're just sitting in this. Yeah. We thought, it's not hey, huntable." That couldn't have held that many ducks. Well, I thought maybe maybe there hole. was little potholes in there here and there. And they were sitting in that stuff, and I'm like, "But we can't hunt them in that. Like, it, we're not going to hunt a uh, a 15 yard by 15 yard hole. Like, we're not." Yeah. So we go in it, and then um, I'm like, "I don't know. I just I, I felt like we're I just, just had like, intuition." We were looking at at it to the right of where we were, that tiny little pothole. Yeah. And then I then looking straight forward, it's like it looks like there's a bigger hole just like yep. six more yards ahead of us. Yeah. So we, we buzzed through it and it was, 
we popped into it and like, oh yeah, this is it. This is where they were. It was a, a strip uh, that was like a hundred yards wide, measured in an onyx, hundred uh, yards long. Yeah, long and about thirty. It was thirty. We measured it, it was thirty-two yards wide. So thirty-two by a hundred. So it's not a big hole, but that's definitely big enough. But it's like a landing strip. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, um, and I mean, we bumped up all those mallards in it, and there was feathers. Yeah, fe- all feathers all in the there. Smart weed. Yep. So, um, I think, I don't think that's where we're planning to hunt. So, <laughs> and our our strategy on that, or thought on that, is like there's just people everywhere. That big cove held more birds. That big cove we talked about, um, but literally we went through it, and we we're sitting on the other side, just kind of chilling there, watching, sitting for a little bit, and here comes another boat, and they go right in it. So. Um, you know, it had a, it had a ton of birds in there. It had divers, it had uh, bluings, it had wood ducks, it had mallards, but, um, chances are you're, you're going to go in that cove. Somebody else is going to come in that cove. Someone's going to sit at the point of the cove. I mean, it's opener. There's a lot of people we've heard this place is a zoo. Um, but you know, it's, it's also, there's a lot of ducks here. So, um, our goal is to try to find somewhere that we can, be away from people. So this might have less birds, but it'll be all to our own because I don't think anybody else is going to be able to find it. So yeah, I think we'll be hidden in there. Yeah. There might be someone else that sets up outside of it on that line. There might not. So, um, I don't know if, if nobody sets there, we'll be golden. That's the only thing we could have one group kind of close to us, but don't you think if somebody's set up on a bigger spot outside of it and if the birds come in there, and they get they get flared or they get shot at and missed or shot at and some lost they might come around and find what they think mm. is security in the in a hole like that it's it's hard yeah. to know it's hard to know if they would or not um because if if they're close enough and they're flaring off they're just going to keep on flying right depends how far away they are getting flared. So, like, that's the thing that can screw you on opener. Or just any time you hunt, if you get somebody who sets up close to you, the birds come in, maybe they just call obnoxiously loud and, and awful, and maybe they don't hide at all, and they're just standing out there in the open, yep. kind of like... Well, you know, how many times have have we hunted, or, you know, you hunt a lot more than I do, but where you ju- you're, you're calling them, you're trying to get them to come, and they land... 200 yards over there. Sure. And it's like, you know, maybe we're going to be in that spot. Yeah. Yeah. No, if it's 200 yards, you're right. But if it's like 70 or 130, yeah. it's opener and there's a ton of people and it's a zoo. So we don't know. We're going to do our best to control it. But like if somebody sets up on the other side of these cattails from us at 130 yards, there's nothing we can do. Yeah. Because we can't, like we'd have to get in the boat and, and go over there and like that'd just be a lot of hassle for the spot that we can barely get through. So... <laughs> So we're just going to hope for the best on all that. And um, honestly, I feel like the scout was pretty good. We saw a lot of birds. We saw way more birds than I saw last year in my scout um, on the UP opener. Uh, I feel like there's more birds than I, than I saw um, two years ago when I hunted UP opener as well um, over on the further in the west side. So um, I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling optimistic, which is my natural state. So <laughs> I don't know exactly how it's going to be, but Brandon. What are your predictions for tomorrow? I think it's going to be a very good hunt. Yeah. Um, I think there might be a little bit of pass shooting just due to the influx of hunters because it's opening day and it's the UP. Everybody wants to be up here in God's country. But 
Um, I, I think that being in that hole away from everybody is going to put us in a good spot um, to see some bird traffic, and that's what we need to kill birds. So. Yeah, I want some specific numbers. Oh, uh, <laughs> predictions. Um, I'm going to go with seven wood ducks. Between Is this between all this three the, of Yeah, us? it's our, our group of three here, yeah. Okay, I'm going to go with seven wood ducks. I'm going to go with five mallards. Um, I want to see a <laughs> ringneck, and the rest are going to be black ducks. Wow. So you're, we're going to shoot three-man limit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where do you um, got, Dad? Oh, I don't know. I, I tend to over-predict because that's what I really want. Yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm going to say in, that we'll get nine ducks. Yeah. Tomorrow. Yeah. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with uh seven mallards and three wood ducks. Okay. Right there at ten. So I think it's gonna be good. That, no, I mean so. I feel like ten yeah. would be good. I mean I'd be happy with the seven wood ducks. Experience wo- is gonna be good. Yeah. I feel I, I would be happy if we shot seven mallards and three wood ducks. Like I wouldn't be like, Man, what a terrible hunt. Yeah. You know? Um but I do hope that you're right. I would like that a lot more. Me too. <laughs> Me too. So yeah, we did. We did see some black ducks. I don't think we said that at any other point, but um, yeah, and you know, I saw some blue winged teal today too. And I, it's been a long time for me to have seen blue winged teal, and I got pretty excited about seeing these two big wads buzzing around and yeah, making circles. And they're, I mean, they're in flocks of like fifty, sixty. Yeah, so it was, so I don't know. Maybe we'll get some of those. Maybe they, uh, maybe they won't come into a spot like that. But I don't think they will. But yeah. that's kind of what I was talking about because we had the cove. And those were, we went around and we marked a bunch of spots and oh, we didn't, we didn't say, so I did the tracker on there and we were over 16 miles on our scout today, Six, wow. 16 miles. And it was like just shy of five hours. So we, we covered some ground and I think that really is the key because we didn't find this last spot till, you know, fifth hour. So, um, we found it at the end, just going and covering ground. So we definitely, you know, I, I had a color coding system. It was black was like just the bomb. And then purple was like fire. And then blue was solid and light blue was like, you know, it's mediocre. Maybe, so, yeah. you know, if I saw ducks, it was like light blue. If I saw like a lot of ducks, it was blue. If I saw a lot of ducks in a place that looked like a really good place to hunt, then it was purple. And then I'm like, if I think we're going to hunt this, then I pinned it black. So we had two that I pinned black. One was the cove and one was this little strip. So... Um, yeah, so the cove, it's like it had, it had all those ducks in it, it had a good variety. It's like, we'd shoot, I think if we went in there, we'd shoot ducks, especially if nobody else came in there and kind of set up too close to it, to us. We definitely would shoot ducks. Now the strip, I think we'll have to ourselves, And I, th- and the only thing we busted out of there was mallards though. So it's like, we're kind of putting all our eggs in the mallard basket in this strip. We're going to go in there set up it's going to be away from everybody hopefully only one place somebody can set up real close to us um but that that's our plan like if the mallards come in that's going to make our day the other spot it's like you could have a good mixed bag um but so it's almost like you have better odds minus the people (laughs) if you didn't have the people because i feel like the people over there in the on the cove setting up on you is kind of your uh your uh um What's the right word for it? It's the... Your demise? Yeah. 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 It's like a... It's something that can go wrong. Something out of your control. So, yeah. 
But uh, oh, what else was I going to say? Yeah, so there was there was a Facebook post about where we're at. So if you're in Michigan and you're a hunter, a duck hunter, and you hunt the UP, you probably know where it's at. I'm not going to say the name because I don't want to hotspot it. But um, there was a post. Someone said, hey, I'm thinking about going to this area. What do you guys think? And it was in uh, on Facebook, water, uh, Michigan Water Foundation. Now I just uh, <laughs> people probably look for it, but um, I anyways, think I would answer no. You shouldn't come. <laughs> so <laughs> there was, I think there was like forty to fifty comments, and I read through them all, and every one of them's like it was a war zone. I refused to hunt there because there's so many hunters. It's it's a zoo. People are crazy. They sleep in their boats out there the night before, like all this kind of stuff. And uh, then there was like one guy. He's like, I went there. There was a lot of ducks. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> so uh, we don't have any internet service. We have no connection with our phone because I was going to read through some of those uh, for your dad. But <laughs> yeah, like uh, Scott Hill was in the in the group and he said, you remember the scene from, uh, oh, what, what was it? I think he was. I can't remember which war movie, but it was like Saving Pratt Ryan the uh, the beach scene. <laughs> He's like, "That's what it is." Yeah, the storming, <laughs> yeah, of the beaches at Normandy. Yeah, yeah. like that's that's what uh, hunting here is. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's every opener in Michigan. You know, yeah, you follow them all the way down, and Saginaw Bay is the same way, and you know, the lower yeah. openers are going to be the same way. I don't feel like last year where we were at was crazy. No, so. Maybe that's just the area, but yeah, I'm here for the experience, the spectacle of all this, all the hunters piling into a spot, um, getting up early, going to the spot, all that kind of stuff. I think that the whole experience is going to be awesome, um, and hopefully at the same time we can do it and, and pile up some ducks. Yeah, yeah. be success- successful. Okay. You know, that's. I feel like we put the work in. We got here early. We've done the scouting, put in a lot of miles and time, and we're ready to go. So, um, did I say, oh yeah, we all set our predictions. So, alrighty. Well guys, stay tuned. Um, we'll have part two and three of this podcast so you can hear kind of how we fared on our predictions and, and, uh, what crazy spots I put us in and and all that kind of stuff come tomorrow. So I'm Jordan from Deccan Chronicles, dad and Brandon. We'll see you guys on the next one.